The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You sure are. It is uh, 7.08 and practicing the physical distancing as we all are now. Let me set the scene for you. Everybody inside the radio station on all four stations inside uh, Chorus Central, us and Q107 and uh, the Edge. They're all home. We're all at home doing our shows. So you got to gotta work with us here. If there's a bit of interruption now and again, it's because we're trying to feed 300 people the same signal and we're trying to do this, keep it on the air, keep you uh, keep you informed with everything. So we're trying to, uh, trying to work our hardest here. The engineers and our... Uh, producers are are kicking some serious ass so we want to continue on this broadcast as we always do so just setting you up for what uh the struggles we're having and how we're going to keep bringing this show to you employment law show first one of this week okay i'm going to tell you right away phone lines are already open 416-870-6400 that is the number you want to use uh john is here john pinkus is here from the firm taking time out of his busy day he is working from home as well i'm at home in my home studio so here we go you have uh, questions about covid19 the coronavirus now is the time you want to bring them on there is always daily new information and new packages and new incentives, new help coming from the federal government. I know Doug Ford's been on uh, on TV every day talking about stuff as well. And what this has turned into is better packages. It sounds better, but the amount of confusion has also gone up with the benefits. So this is the time to call if you're a person who has uh, been sitting idly by going, man, I've just, you know, I've been laid off and I don't know what to do. Do I apply for this? Do I do that? Do I do the benefit package? Do I do the EI? I don't know. Somebody give me some help. This is the time you want to call. John is here to answer all of your questions. 416-870-6400. We'll get into that. We will discuss some uh, some other COVID-related things. And if we get time between the phone calls, temporary layout. You want to reach out any time to get a hold of John, a little bashful, want to have a private conversation, that can be done, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And you can go to covidrights.ca. The guys who put that uh, website together a short time ago, a, a ton of information there as well, both on the disability side and the employment side. So here we go. Uh, let's get it started, John. How's uh, how's your week been, pal? I'm sure as uh, as we've been you know, reading on, on Instagram, you know, this year, you know, this uh, this year has been one hell of a week, right? It's just that's that's what it's felt like for everybody. That's right. It's uh, it's it's very crazy out there. Uh, yeah. A lot of people wondering what their rights are. What do you do, employers and employees alike? Uh, it's really not an ideal situation uh, for anyone. But uh, we're we're here to help, and we've been walking uh, employers and employees alike through this uh, very difficult uh, situation we're in. Yeah, you guys are uh, you guys are working double time, big time, and, and you know, thank God you're there to, to to give the information out there. The one thing I want to make uh, make clear, and this is something that Lior's been saying for the uh, the past week, is that uh, even in light of this uh, Corona nineteen, this COVID nineteen coronavirus, uh, employment rights are still there. Your employment rights are still withstanding. It, it's the rights, it's the laws of the country. So I think I'm right in saying that, right? You still have your employment law rights. There may be certain circumstances where mm-hmm. uh, your rights are not the same as they normally would, but by and large, for anyone who's lost their job because uh, there's some cost cutting, there's you know yeah. belt tightening, and they're reducing their workforce, if they decide to do it by way of a severance package, by way of a temporary layoff, by way of trying to basically uh, evaporate half of your earnings, uh, whatever they decide to do, uh, your rights are still going to be the same as they were right. before, and employers 
should be assuming that those rights are the same. And uh, if you look at uh, the employment law community, there's a fairly wide consensus that as far that as, far as we know, uh, people's rights, constructive dismissals, wrongful dismissals, that's all going to remain in place. Yeah, I want to mention that we will consider at least talk about normal employment matters like we have for so many years on this show, but uh, it's it's hyper-focused on COVID-19 and will probably remain that way for the next little while on this uh, on this show. So if you have questions in that regard, uh, please send them along, 416-870-6400. Um, let me ask you, can your employer force you to stay home? Some people, we've had a lot of phone calls over last week saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable at work. I don't know if there's social distancing. Can I stay home? I'm going to flip it the other way and say, can your employer force you to stay home. I think at this point especially it's very clear that an employer can, especially in Ontario where we have uh, this ordered closure of most businesses except for essential businesses. And even if you're working at one of those essential businesses, the, the answer is still going to be yes most of the time. Uh, an employer has a duty to maintain a safe and health work environment. And if you are for some reason required to be in quarantined or showing some potential symptoms of illness, we really uh, have to use caution here and employers are going to be given a wide latitude to do that. Again, 416-870-6400. If you're one of the thousands, tens of thousands, or hundreds for that matter, that have been laid off uh, as a result of COVID-19, you don't know where to turn. You still haven't got the information straight. Uh, call us here tonight and Wednesday on the weekend shows as well. 416-870-6400. Keith, big fella, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on there as we uh, started the show. How are you tonight? Good. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, man. Go ahead. What's uh, what's going on? Uh, my question is, uh, we were all. I work as a waiter in a restaurant, and I believe my last day of work was uh, the seventeenth. Mm-hmm. So my question is, well, I guess we were all told to go on EI, but as a waiter, you know, you're looking at maybe thirty, thirty-five hours a week at twelve twenty an hour, which mm-hmm. EI is not going to cut it when you're basically making about seventy percent of your income off gratuities. Mm-hmm. So with all these other benefits that were introduced and talked about after everyone was told to file EI right away, Mm. where does that kind of leave me and everyone else out there? Well, that's a very good question. I mean, in terms of your rights in this scenario, um, for people who've been uh, laid off as a as a cost cutting measure, uh, those people may have severance rights, and they uh, many of those people may decide that they want to negotiate a severance package right now because if if they wait, uh, there may not be a company to pay that severance package. Uh, for people in the restaurant industry, or for people who've been ordered uh, to stay home and expect to go back to work, um, then really EI is your only, uh, or uh, the CERB, as it's now called, the Canada um, Emergency Benefits, um, are really your only recourse. Now, you know, the government is taking other measures uh, to try and ease things. You know, the banks are. Uh, cooperating in terms of uh, deferring mortgage payments, uh, all eviction orders have been suspended, and so there, you know, the government is definitely taking some dramatic measures to avoid us from going off the deep end. But other than the uh, Canada, uh, the CERB, uh, the emergency benefit, there's there's really not much else there uh, unless right. you want to try and negotiate a severance package. Right. Like I'm pretty, I, I know for a fact that where I'm working right now, they're not going to go out of business. They're going to be around and okay. they're going to bring everybody back. Okay. So, I mean, there was just so much confusion when it came to trying to get answers from anyone. Mm-hmm. Like you call the government, the uh, EI number and you can't get through. Oh yeah. Uh, it's just right. super yeah. busy. So I guess 
is now that CERB, is that part of that $2,000 a month? The Canada or? Emergency Response Benefit is the $2,000 per month, yes. So okay. that's, that is what that is. And I mean that... Um, but uh, if if you're eligible for regular EI, you, you may actually be better off applying for regular EI depending on how much that gives you. Now, regular EI um, can give you up to a gross amount before deductions of $573 per week. Uh, so you may want to compare the two and see what actually gives you the greatest benefit. Regular EI also lasts for longer than the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, though hopefully you don't need it. Uh, right. But if uh, if you're planning on going back and you're not uh, in a place where you want to negotiate a severance package, then really the Canada Emergency Response Benefit is uh, is your only recourse. And I, yeah. I agree with you. It doesn't cut it. It's it's not enough, but that's uh, yeah. absent. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. I, I, in, in my situation, just as someone that works 35 hours a week at $12.20 an hour, you're not really looking to a 55% for EI. You're really not going to pay your bills off of that. But my, I guess another uh, follow-up question would be if you filed your EI claim you've already filed it and I, I think I read that you you don't qualify for both no I, I it's it's generally speaking uh, my understanding is generally speaking it's one or the other so I don't so, think you can, you can't get both simultaneously right so but if, if you because like in in this situation for myself the CERB would be the way to go but here's my question. If I already filed EI and the status on my report is still pending, can you retract I don't want it? To be, pardon me? Can you retract it is what you're saying. Can you pull yeah, it back? Yeah, because like they told everybody, yeah. like we were shut down. I didn't, my boss didn't yeah. want to close the restaurant. We were told by the government, hey, you know what? It's not safe to go to work. Everyone file EI, so you're kind of not stuck in a bind. So we all go out and do that, but then you introduce all these other things. So how are we able to retract that? Are we? And if not, are they going to do something about that? Right. I think in terms of uh, where this is going to go, I mean, the only people who can really answer that are Service Canada. This is a policy that is um, evolving. Um, I think that you are right that uh, if you've already put in your application, um, then you want to make sure that you're applying for the correct benefit because people still can continue to apply mm-hmm. for regular employment insurance benefits. So if that's the route you're going to be going, in, 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 in other words, applying for these benefits, uh, just make sure that um, you're not eligible for the regular employment insurance benefit before you apply uh, for the CERB because with the CERB, CERB is really meant to do is to uh, fill in the gaps. Yeah. Keith, appreciate the call, uh, my friend. Keep us updated on what happens. Uh, Denny, Dave, William, fellas, I see you there. Stand by. We'll get to your phone calls and yours as well. you got lots of time. This is the place to ask your questions about this confusing topic, man. 416-870-6400. John Pincus is here to answer them right till about uh, close to uh, close to 8 o'clock. Um, uh, 8 o'clock. Employment Law Show just getting warmed up. Monday night edition. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 721 Monday night, the Monday night edition of the Employment Law Show. John Pincus is at home plate, man. He's waving you in. Come on over, make those phone calls. If you're confused about COVID-19, coronavirus, your job, either as an employee or an employer, something in between, that's okay. Make the call, get some answers. We're going to uh, go right back to the phones, and there is phone lines still open for you, so feel free to uh, 
Come on in. The water's warm. Denny, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? So uh, my my question is, uh, I'm confused over. I had to take leave from work for childcare reasons, so the daycare closed mm-hmm. down. I have twin boys that are two and a half, so I had to leave work for that. I uh, informed my employer that I needed to leave for that reason. Uh, a, a week and a half later, I received a phone call from the employer and their lawyer representative saying that my position was terminated as they were go- the program that I was working with was going to be shut down for the time being. And when it reconvened, they would call me back and offer me to come back. Right. My, okay. My confusion, my confusion is I thought I was off already, and then they now put the termination part in. So where you're working, is, is is that business still operating? Have they just closed the department? Have they closed the entire operation? They've, they've closed the project. So the, there are many other divisions of the company. Uh, it's a group of companies that's one, and uh, they've just closed that project. Right. Okay. Well, um, at this point, I think that if they've told you your employment is terminated, uh, you really have two choices. You can either uh, stay on the CERB or you may decide you want to negotiate a severance package right now because they've just told you your employment is terminated. Um, They are still operating, so they're clearly not one of the businesses who have been ordered to shut down. Um, so at this point, your your best course of action would be at least, I would say, to explore um, the uh, the right you have to negotiate a severance package, uh, because uh, if especially if they're if you don't know how long it's going to be, um, and if this department has been in, uh, closed indefinitely, that that may actually be the route you want to go. Okay. 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 Makes sense. It, it, yeah, it's clear as mud for me with everything that's been going on, but uh, it, it just it wasn't that. So I had filed my EI report right. when I thought that I was going to be, I thought I was going to be laid off, essentially. So I filed the EI report because I wanted to you know, get at the front of the line. Sure. And, then, and now I guess this is going to affect that. I, I'm wondering, would it hold it up? Well, uh, EI and, and severance, to the extent they, they conflict with each other, there has to be some kind of reconciliation. So typically what happens is there's a certain amount that comes out of the severance um, to make up for the fact that you're receiving EI and then you can re- receive the EI on the back end. But there's absolutely no problem. Uh, if you've applied for EI, you should still get in, uh, get in discussion uh, about a severance package in this scenario because uh, the two can work hand in hand. They just We just have to do a proper reconciliation. But that's, that's not an issue that you've applied for EI. Okay. Uh, the, sorry, one follow-up to that, too. Being mm-hmm. uh, part, of my, part of my income was commission. Mm-hmm. And so if there, there was commissions pending uh, uh, future performances, so they got earned opportunities in hours worked going forward, but those hours are no longer available. Uh, would would those carry over to uh, if they rehired me, or like I'm trying to understand what the difference is if they want to rehire me when the program starts again? Why they would choose the the route of termination over a layoff with the programs in place? Well, the first thing is effectively a layoff is uh, unless you've agreed to a layoff as a term of your employment, a layoff is going to be the same thing mm-hmm. as a termination. Both of those things are going to trigger your severance entitlements. As far as the commissions go, uh, 
you would be owed the commissions that you've earned up to the date uh, that you left. Now, as far as whether you're owed commissions after the date that your employment was terminated, that's going to depend on the terms of your commission plan. If there were no terms in your commission plan, likely you're going to be owed those things. If there was a written term of your commission plan that requires that you be actively employed, not in a notice period of termination or something uh, to that extent, then your entitlements may be affected by that. So we'd really have to see, number one, if there was a commission plan, and number two, what the wording of that commission plan is. Understood. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Danny. Uh, appreciate the call. Here's how you uh, here's how you move forward if you're uh, considering that whole uh, severance end of it. Uh, call John. It's just that simple. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You still have plenty of time to call here, just like Danny has, and uh, the callers before him get some answers to this confusing topic with COVID nineteen and your employment. Uh, William, thanks for hanging on there. How are you? I'm good. How are you tonight? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, I've been laid off, and okay. it's taken me close to a week to try to get through to the EI website because I work for a small company, three-man operation. Is there any way you can help guys like me to get through this? Because I know friends of mine who work for Air Canada, and they were fast-tracked too immediately. I go into a queue, and they Right. Well, um... The, uh, the first thing I, I should say is that uh, we can't necessarily help with EI. That's really in the scope of uh, Service Canada. But as far as helping you get compensation during this time, uh, we often have people come to us in those situations, and what we do is we try and help them negotiate some severance, uh, which is something you may want to consider because that company uh, may, not, uh, may not be around to pay it if you wait too long. Oh, no, it'll be around to pay it. It's around for 25 years. So Right, right. Well, I think I'm that... I'm trying the... to get through, and you know what? I was on, No, the reason I'm calling you is because I was on the phone with my boss's wife today, and she said to me, they are fast-tracking through everybody from Air Canada or Ford or GM or Price Service and that, and we can't get through Service Canada online like this. Right, and, and honestly, I, I wish I could say I'm surprised, but Service Canada is difficult to get through to in the best of times. Uh, and now it, with, you know, millions of claims uh, coming their way, they're, they're simply put, they're just overwhelmed, right? In, in, the same, yeah. in the same way that our hospitals are overwhelmed, our, uh, uh, you know, bureaucracy of social assistance is overwhelmed and we just don't have the resources to deal with it. So uh, the Service Canada side of things, unfortunately, uh, it's it's just, it's a, a learning experience for our government and they're just trying to keep their head above water. Uh, I, I haven't heard of people being fast-tracked, but um, hopefully you can uh, f- find your way to that uh, that streamlined process. Uh, but otherwise, the the only remedy for you here really is to uh, to, to negotiate a severance package if, if you decide to do that. No, I wouldn't decide to do that. But mm-hmm. I, I find it the way, the way I listen, everybody call in, and everybody is frustrated and frustrated and frustrated. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That are not frustrated, like school teachers getting paid to stay at home while the rest of us struggle. No, something wrong with it. Well, like we always say, there's uh, there's certain benefits and certain costs to, to being in a union. And uh, again, I don't know what uh, teachers are receiving right now or what unionized employees are receiving right now. But uh, my guess is that uh, if not now, everyone is going to be feeling this uh, in some shape or form. 
And teachers aren't phoning you anytime soon for a uh, severance package because they can't, quite simply. 416-870-6400 is the number you want to call just like that. Get your answers. John is on the job, on the line, ready to take those calls about COVID-19 and how it affects your job, your workplace. Maybe you're an employer and it's uh, it's confusing for you as well. Give us a call here as we got the remaining time right till about 10 to 8. So uh, you're good to go. Does your employer have to pay you if you are sick or or, or if you're in quarantine, basically? No, your employer does not have to pay you if you are on a sick leave of absence unless you have a contractual right to paid sick days. And usually, even if you have sick days, they're not very many, right? It's unusual for a company to have more than three or four sick days. Uh, But any employer that is... uh, following guidance or if you're following guidance you're in self-isolation uh and your employer yep. is still operating you you still do not have the right to be paid uh for that time so really your only remedy is if it's going to be an extended period of time perhaps look at disability insurance uh, or the mm-hmm. um, employment insurance uh, regime that we have available Again, a lot of these questions I'm asking just because there, there's so much crossover and, and confusion with it. So we know that you, you can uh, file for EI or CERB if you've lost your job, if the company's been shut down or laid you off. But will you be entitled to that if you are sick or quarantined? Because that sounds different. Yes. So the first thing that you should you should look into is whether you are entitled to apply for regular employment insurance and look at the criteria. If you don't meet okay. that criteria, if you're even if you're self-employed, uh, then that's when you want to look at the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. If you've lost, if you are sick, uh, if you're quarantined, if you're taking care of someone, if you're taking care of your children, uh, then you are eligible for the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. Um, so if you're not entitled to regular EI, that is definitely something you want to look into. Do you know, uh, John, if you're, say you're still working, but because of this COVID-19, you've lost 80% of your income. So you're, you're, you're barely getting by on 20. You're not really getting by, but you're still, you're not effectively laid off. You're not unemployed. You are still employed, but you're making peanuts. Can you still apply for it? Have they, have they crossed that, uh, crossed that path yet? The government? So the, the, so far the government hasn't said anything about, um, using the Canada Emergency Response Benefit to compensate people for that. Your employer can uh, apply for a work-sharing arrangement where you have wages some days of the week and you have EI other days of the week, which would leave you with more money than if they had just laid you off completely or obviously if they had terminated your employment. Uh, but an employer has to meet the criteria for work-sharing arrangements. Now, the good news is work-sharing arrangements have been, um, the criteria for that has been relaxed. So if you've seen your wages go down and um, you you want uh, to get some EI for those other days, you may want to talk to your employer about that work-sharing arrangement. The other thing you may want to do is if you're not interested in, in maintaining that kind of arrangement and you need um, some income to carry you through this uncertain period, you may want to think about negotiating a severance package. Because if an employer right. has effectively you know, reduced your wages to, to nil amounts, that's a breach of your employment agreement. And you, you may want to take that opportunity to negotiate a severance package so, so you have something to carry you through the next uh, you know, few weeks and few months. 416-870-6400. Still got some time. Get the answers. Uh, Mira, thank you for hanging on. Appreciate the call. How are you? 
I'm okay. Thank you, John. Um, yes, I was asking you about my sister. Now, here's what happened. She she got laid off, of course, because of the virus thing. Uh, she's applied for UIC, but now she's also applied for the government relief because they said, you know, it's for people who are laid off. But you can't have both. We understand. But whichever the reach she applied, whichever comes first, the UI or or the the relief, can you cancel the other? I know this has been asked already on the show, but there's still no straight answer. Like, can one? Can you cancel? Uh, you know, whichever comes first. Let's say the relief mm. comes first. She got to cancel UI. If UI comes first. She got to cancel the government relief. Right. Can you do that? Does anybody know the answer? You, you know, unfortunately, Mira, I, I don't have any uh, guidance from this from the because I really uh, the only thing we know is what the government has provided, and I'm not sure they've actually uh, turned their mind to that issue or if they've released specific specific information about that issue. Uh, so all you can really do is contact Service Canada, and hopefully if they can't make that change now, uh, they can deal with it retroactively if need be, which Service Canada is set up to do. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's really the only thing that uh, I can I can say about that. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of adjustments because there will be a lot of people in the exact same boat applying for both uh, to see you know which one is greater. And I think we're going to need more clarity on that, uh, which I, I expect will hopefully come soon. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such an organic thing. It's changing all the time daily. They're adding to it or, or, or manipulating it. So, yeah, it's just going to take time. But the good thing is you guys are on the front line as employment lawyers in this firm. And, uh, you know, you can you can make some sense of it before, uh, you know, the general, you know, the common surf like myself would ever figure it out. You guys can kind of clear it up for us. Uh, Pete, you're uh, you're up next, pal. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Um, good. What's, really uh, what's on your mind? Complicated question. Very complicated question. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am a... <laughs> I am a uh, frontline uh, emergency worker, so I am a unionized employed party. I have a part-time job as an instructor where that job is not unionized and it is now gone while this whole thing is going on because it is not an essential thing. And the third component is I am a sole proprietor. I make about 15 k a year. Uh, renting myself out, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, And I'm wondering if I am eligible for the business side of things because I'm a sole proprietor who's no longer working that or the the incentive or the, um, the benefit for losing my other employment or do they look at everything together and consider me an entity uh, regardless of whether I'm a, uh, a company or not in that circumstance. Well, I would definitely apply for it. Um, if your income has gone down, uh, I believe it's by 40%, um, typically the regular EI may apply to you. Um, there, And in terms of uh, receiving the CERB, uh, that's going to apply for uh, people who've been ex- who've been um, impacted by uh, closures directly relating to um, COVID-19. So, I think your best bet here um, would be to apply uh, to the Canada to the CERB, uh, if for no other reason than the job that uh, you had as an instructor for that closure. Uh, I would expect that you probably will be eligible for that. I think the the, the criteria is fairly open-ended um 
Again, they, they don't publish all the details on that, but I would expect you would right. probably be eligible for it, so I would definitely recommend that you apply. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Pete. Hope it uh, cleared up a little bit for you there. 416-870-6400. For the next little while, covidrights.ca is a website you can check out. Uh, the guys from the firm have put that together. Lots of information there as well. You can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. And uh, to reach John or Leor, member of the team, a little bashful, want to talk off the air, no problem. 1-855-821-5900 is the, uh, the way to do that. Uh, Anna, thank you for hanging on. You're up next. Uh, what's your question? Uh, thank you. Um, as an employer, if an employee has indicated that they are not comfortable coming into work, do we still have to pay them? So that's that's a very interesting question, one that I've, I've come across quite a bit in the last few weeks. So if you're a business that is a that is permitted to continue operating during this time, then you have the right to require your employees to come to work unless it is objectively unsafe for them to come. And an employee just saying, uh, I'm not comfortable, I'd rather stay home, is not a legitimate reason to do that. So if an employee says that um, and refuses to come in, what they, the first thing they should you should have ask them is first of all you know what is uh, you know what is your complaint uh, what do you think mm-hmm. is unsafe and if necessary um, what what happens is a uh, an officer an occupational health and safety officer comes in reviews the situation determines uh, whether it is safe and as you can imagine uh, there's quite a few of those inspections going on right now because many employers are facing this but typically as we have seen. Um, for example, with TTC workers that made a similar complaint, the uh, occupational health and safety officers are, are determining that is simply uh, a general anxiety about not wanting to work is not going to be enough um, to, uh, to to basically refuse to work. Um, so employees who do that have, have essentially quit their job. Now, in the interim, um, if you are if that employee is, uh, you know, if you're waiting to hear from an occupational health and safety officer and it's not going to be too long, um, you you know, it's always uh, better to pay an employee if you can, uh, but if not, you can basically tell them, look, you, uh, you're taking a sick leave of absence and during the sick leave of absence, you are um, you're encouraged to apply for the CERB. Whatever you do, I would do it fast, and I would do it uh, with the guidance of a, an employment lawyer because there there is more to this discussion, um, and this is the exactly the kind of thing that we've been advising employers on a, on a case by case basis over the last few weeks. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciated. You're welcome. And appreciate uh, your time as well. Stay safe. You want to reach out and uh, follow up with John Simple. It is uh, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Getting to to another call here. Hey, Steve, uh, you're up next, fella. Good evening. How are you? How are you doing, sir? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Okay. uh, uh, Just two questions. Mine's pretty quick. Uh, I'm a self-employed roofer. Uh, I don't pay into EI. Um, I have chronic asthma, and I'm definitely a little scared to go to work. And I made basically ten grand in two months, and now I'm at zero. Mm-hmm. Is there any way that I would get help? Well, uh, arguably, the CERB has been created uh, specifically for people in circumstances like yours. Again, one of the criteria um, is if you uh, are quarantined or you're sick. Um, so if you can make the case to, to uh, the Canada Revenue Agency, uh, which I believe is uh, where people are applying for the CERB, 
um, that you are essentially unable to work because of COVID-19 right now, you can apply for that benefit. Now, unfortunately, that benefit is certainly not going to be the kind of anything close to the kind of income that you were just mentioning. Uh, but it's really your only recourse right now unless you have some sort of uh, you know, self-insured uh, disability policy. So uh, failing that, uh, CERB is really your only recourse, and I, and I would recommend that you uh, Google that and, and apply as, as soon as you can. Okay. And, uh, I think he's breaking up a little bit there. Steve, give it to us again. If you got, you can uh, move uh, maybe three feet to the left. See if that helps out. We didn't catch that last, but something about your son being unionized. Is that right? Oh, did we lose him? Steve might be gone totally. Might, no. might be gone. Oh, there oh, he is. Hey, hey, Steve. So yeah, there right. my my son's a construction worker and he works in the union. Mm-hmm. He has right. chronic asthma. Mm-hmm. He's afraid mm-hmm. to work in it, and he's also afraid to bring it home to me. Mm-hmm. Is there any help for him out there? Do you think? Or is- well, uh, in, in his case, he would be probably eligible for the regular EI if he has to stay home. He has to take a sick leave. I think his only recourse is to tell the employer, "Look, um, I have a condition. Uh, I'm high risk, um, so I'm not able. Um, I'm not able to work right now." Now, the good thing is that the requirement under the Employment Standards Act to provide sick notes uh, has, has has been lifted. Um, so he won't need to sit in a doctor's office to do that. He can just simply say, look, it's not safe for me to work. Here are the reasons why. And, you know, if he's, if he's really, you know, in a high risk category and believes that, um, he's, um, he's put at risk, uh, by going out there, then, you know, he has to put his health first. And, uh, you know, as I was mentioning earlier, if you're just, if you're not in a very high risk category and you're not directed to uh, quarantine or self-isolate, then you, you really can't refuse to go to work just because you're uncomfortable. But in that circumstance, uh, it probably would be appropriate to say, I don't want to put myself or anyone around me at risk. And so I'm, I'm going to stay home. So as long as he communicates that to the employer, um, I don't, I don't see an issue with that. Yeah, because uh, like uh, it's all over the government that people with asthma should be uh, mm-hmm. self quarantining, right? Isolating. Yeah. Ex- exactly, Isolating. and I and so I think that's a prudent thing to do. As far as you know, what compensation he's going to be entitled to, uh, it he may be entitled to regular sick benefits, or if he's not entitled to that, he may be entitled to the CERB, um, which again is is not very much, but uh, you know it's it's uh, if. That's what it takes to uh, protect his health. You, you know, that's what you have to do right now. John, if, if you get one of those employees that maybe not be in, uh, they are, are not so much deemed essential, but they haven't been called to one of those jobs where you just mentioned where it's okay because they're high risk and they're just feeling an undue amount of anxiety. Uh, you said, you know, they can't just not show up to work. They could be fired. Would they have to take the next step of getting a doctor's note where the doctor says, no, this person is now not fit to come to work because of this? Would that allow them to stay home? Well, if you are sick, you don't need a doctor's note right now because our government has rightly determined that that obviously makes no sense uh, to have people Mm -hmm. crowding doctor's offices. Um, If you are in a position where you're not sick, but you're not comfortable going to work, I wouldn't go to your doctor. I think the place that you go is, first of all, you go to your employer, you express your concern. If your employer is not taking your concern seriously or not agreeing with your concern, you can require an occupational health and safety officer to deem whether that workplace is safe. But if that occupational health and safety officer agrees with your employer and says, this is safe, it's, you just have to be careful when you're, you know, and, and follow social distancing guidelines. 
guidelines, uh, then you do have to go to work. And if you don't go to work, that's misconduct, and that can lead to a for-cause termination. So you do have to be careful. That's where we're going to leave it for tonight. Excellent work, my friend, uh, just navigating all those calls. And if you did not get a chance to call through or something just crossed your mind now, that's okay. You can call John off air or Lior, member of the team. They're all there. They're still working. They're at home, but they're still working, working diligently. one 821 5900 is that number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out through email. Again, for the next little while, covidrights.ca is a really helpful website. And there is also pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We will pick this up again Wednesday evening. Don't go anywhere. A ton of really important stuff is coming right up on point with Alex Pearson continues right here. Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.